If you are looking for more beer podcasts, just like the one you're listening to right now, then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com. We are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities. Here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find. Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Kathy. And we are Women Drinking Beer. We drink beer, review them, and tell you about them so you can approach a beer list with confidence. As part of the Hopped Up Network, we cover the Twin Cities beer scene along with other favorites as well as interviews with women in the beer industry. We upload weekly to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. We can be found drinking beer daily on social media via Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search Women Drinking Beer and look for the kiss mark on the bottle cap. So if you enjoy beer or nerdy gals or both, we encourage you to taste along with us and come have a beer with us. Come have a beer with us. Men should act like men, and light beer should taste like beer. Uh, Light beer, please. Sure. Do you care how it tastes? Nah, I don't care how it tastes. Okay, well... When you start caring, put down your purse and I'll give you a Miller Lite. Continuing. I don't care, I just got one of these. Well, that's the second unmanly thing you've done today. <laughs> Whoa, that's not a Miller Lite. Oh, light beer is light beer. Um, no, Miller Lite has more taste. A strike two. One more, I'm taking your man card. Happy Brews Day Tuesday. I'm Caroline King. And I'm Ashley Powers, and you're listening to Bitch Beer. What we want to do here at Bitch Beer is shine a light on the women who brew, market, distribute, serve, and love beer in the hopes that their stories will inspire the women and men who haven't taken the plunge. Craft beer doesn't have to be scary. Very rarely will you come across a gatekeeping hipster who asks questions like a troll who quizzes your nerd knowledge once he sees you in a Star Wars shirt. But why isn't it more openly female-friendly? Craft beer ads are rife with burly men lugging 50-pound bags of hops, and women make cameos as eye candy. To those on the outside, especially women, it can feel like a boys' club where no level of disguise will get us in. We hope by the end of this season you feel not only welcome, but unabashedly unafraid to drink craft. Before we get into today's episode, we've got a couple of housekeeping things. We will be part of the upcoming Dames and Dregs Beer Festival, August 11th at 1 p.m. at the Masquerade in Underground Atlanta. This festival is an Atlanta-based experience that seeks to empower and educate the community by celebrating the female contributions to brewing both in the present and throughout history. They strive to create an enticing, supportive, and inspiring atmosphere featuring the hard work and talents of female-led breweries, brewers, and brewery employees who are women, as well as female-led businesses and nonprofit organizations within the community. You can get your tickets now at Ticketmaster or at the Masquerade box office. Tickets include a souvenir glass, unlimited tastings, vendor market, panels, community engagement, music, and a lot more surprises. Damn! (laughs) Also, a portion of each ticket purchased will be donated to the International Women's House, an Atlanta-based organization whose mission is to provide a safe haven and supportive services to women and children who are victims of family violence, sexual abuse, and human trafficking. A link to get your tickets will be in the description. We're also super excited to share that we were invited to be part of Nappy Roots podcast, Nappy Hour. We recorded at Hop City to celebrate the release of two of their collaboration beers and sat down with three-fourths of them, along with Ale Sharpton and Brittany Graham of Hop City, to discuss how far these guys have come in their brewing experience, as well as underrepresentation in the beer industry. You can check it out tomorrow at noon, wherever you get your podcasts. And last but certainly not least, if you didn't notice the promo at the top of the episode, we are now part of the Hopped Up Network. Yes, this network is a group of ever-growing independent beer podcasts dedicated to providing insight into their local craft beer communities. 
Each and every one of these podcasts are from craft beer lovers all over the country. Some of them also talking about their love of music, movies, and pop culture. There's something for everyone, but we think you should subscribe to all of them. I almost feel like I need a drum roll for today's episode. Uh, But okay, but I won't, but I won't because that will sound terrible and Ben will hate us. (laughs) We are talking to Molly Gunn, co-owner and beer buyer connoisseur of the Porter Beer Bar. If you've never been to the Porter, it's like being transported to another world. The handcrafted wooden booths and the cozy lighting always has me thinking I'm about to get my letter to Hogwarts while the eclectic artwork along the brick walls remind you you're a little five points. (laughs) We had the pleasure of recording this in their impressive and possibly haunted beer cellar. Check it out. Molly, thank you so much for agreeing to do this with us. Absolutely. I'm excited. And we are recording here from the beer cellar at the Porter Beer Bar. This place is amazing. Thank you very much. Yeah, I haven't. I I'd never been here before, even though I'm a frequent patron of the Porter. I've never been in the cellar before, so... How uh, roughly how many beers do you think you have in the cellar? We have at least five hundred oh beers in the cellar. Yeah. Amazing, <laughs> it's a lot. And don't and don't be you know sad that you've been here a lot uh, and have yet to see the beer cellar. It was listed as one of Atlanta's fifty top hidden places in the oh. magazine. Ooh. So it is it is quite hidden. You could walk many times past the door without finding it. Yeah. <laughs> and we're sitting here at this like giant, large, like wooden table with amazing bar stools. And Molly, you were just telling us that people can actually reserve it for parties. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> It's super fun. Birthday parties, rehearsal dinners, uh, surprise parties, whatever you want to do. It's only $100. And uh, yeah, you can order off the regular menu. We're super casual. It's just you get your own private room lined with beer. Yeah. What could be yes. better? We both just had our birthdays. I know, right? <laughs> Next year. It's okay. We can start planning early. I know. Or I could just have like a six-month like half birthday. <laughs> yeah, we'll get right on that. I love that. <laughs> July 4th party. Yeah. So I'm sure you've been asked this question a million times, but how did the porter get started? Um, so, uh, I always wanted to open a restaurant, uh, since I, you know, kind of got into being interested in food and restaurants and, um, you know, looking for a space and always loved good beer. Um, but honestly I had a lot of ideas. I was an entrepreneur type, so I was going to take whatever the best idea was and run with it. Uh, we, so we found the space first. Um, we live a few blocks away, my husband and I, Nick, who's also the executive chef, and we were walking our dogs by and this had been a breakfast restaurant, which you may or may not know, but of course breakfast is not, um, you know, terribly viable in little five points. We don't like to get up before three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so, uh, uh, it did not last long, and we noticed that the space was empty. And so, um, you know, in finding a great space, we're like, man, what would fit with Little Five Points? And we both had always loved great beer. I had my first beer at Monk's Cafe in Philadelphia where I went to school, and it was like a Duchess de Bourgogne, and I had a roommate who was a French uh, major, so she pronounced it properly, so we didn't, <laughs> so we didn't get carded. Um, and so, yeah, so I always, always had been on that train, but wasn't sure if Little Five Points was ready for good beer. So uh, we ate in every restaurant in Little Five Points, and we actually ended up spending a lot of time at the Vortex. And the Vortex sold a case of Delirium Tremens a night, and we were like, what? <laughs> it's Delirium's, you know, great Belgian beer, but yeah. it's... Um, not cheap and compared to you know the three dollar pbr that you expect to see in little five points uh, at the time and so we were like all right well maybe there's a market here for the good beer um and so yeah we got we got lucky we um 
you know, we got lucky in that we didn't open like a fancy fine dining restaurant in 2008. That would have not worked Ooh, out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but literally, you know, I don't know if I remember this, but we had that gasoline shortage in September 2008 and people oh were gosh. lined up because there had been a big hurricane in the Gulf. And so literally we knocked on our neighbor's doors. Um, we live a few blocks away and we're like, hey, you can't drive anywhere anyways. You might as well come have a beer at this new place in Little Five Points. And yeah, that's how the Porter opened. That's awesome. <laughs> So, so the this clearly has a an, an aesthetic to it. You yes. feel like you're not in Little Five Points <laughs> the second you walk in here. So, what was the inspiration for that? Um, so, we had very little money <laughs> when we opened. Um, my husband, fortunately, is very handy, so he did a lot of the building himself. Wow. We also wanted to be as efficient as possible with space. So, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but those booths as you kind of walk up the stairs are like on the stairs. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we looked at the space and we're like, cool. So, how do you put tables on stairs? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you can't waste the square footage when you're, a, you know, a restaurant owner. Uh, you're trying to cram in every single seat you can. Yeah. And that's why it's my favorite Yelp review to get. It's so crowded in the back. I'm always want to be like, do you want to pay twice as much for your burger? Because then you can have two tables. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we so the aesthetic was kind of a natural development. We, of course, had been, you know, seen pictures of beer places in Europe and wanted something that felt kind of natural for beer. You know, you don't want to go too fancy, but you also want to give to give a you know, suitable atmosphere for respect, the level of respect that we had for beer. So, you know, I feel like it's a good mix. Everyone's comfortable, but nobody is, um, you know, it doesn't feel too divey in here. (laughs) (laughs) Especially being a female involved in the beer industry, Mm -hmm. what kind of has been like your experience ever since you got involved? So I think, um, you know, initially there was a lot of assumption that it was my husband, Nick, who was picking the beers. And while Nick loves beer as much as I do, um, he, you know, was running the kitchen. That's plenty to do all in its own job description. So I um, experienced a lot of people being like, okay, so can I talk to the buyer? And I'd be like, that's me. You're stuck with me. Sorry, you don't get to go around me. You got to sell me the beer. Um, But after those kind of like initial, after the first few years, I didn't seem to experience that as much. Certainly, you know, my vendors got used to me. Um, but, um, you know, I still find when I go to beer festivals and whatnot that, you know, I'm, I'm a huge minority and I don't really know why that is. My husband says that men become more obsessed with things and are like collectors and willing to stand in line for things that women are not. And I, um, I can see that, but it doesn't quite explain the gender disparity that I see when I go to like the McKellar festival in Copenhagen or, you know, any of these crazy beer festivals that, you know, require a certain amount of commitment to go to. Yeah. Um, so I don't, it's, it's, and it's strange. Maybe that just, yeah, we're not willing to be that competitive. You can, I mean, cause honestly you can drink great beer sitting down comfortably in so many places these days. You yeah. don't have to wait in line and, you know, <laughs> obsess about, you know, whatnot. But, but it's interesting, you know, people post videos, of the latest Hunapu day and like, yeah, guess who's the, pe- the first people running in is, you know, the beer, the guys, yeah. the guys, yeah. lots of guys, the beer geek guys, yes. for sure. Not the ladies. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like women have so much buying power in the market now that it's just kind oh, of, absolutely. it's taken a turn right now. Women, I think are incredibly important for the growth of craft beer. And mm-hmm. if you, there are brewers out there that don't know that, then they're going to be the ones left behind. Yes. Um, because there's only so much, you know, of the Budweiser drinker crowd that yes. we can steal. Um, there's certainly plenty of people who won't ever drink beer at all. And then there's women who might have been drinking Bud or might have been drinking wine. And oh, by the way, 
would be open to trying, you know, a a framboise lamb book or something like that. Not to be entirely stereotypical, but that is, (laughs) it is a good starting place. You know, it's a good (laughs) jumping off place, you know, from a beverage that they may have had enjoyed before, like red wine, to a, you know, malt-based beverage. Yeah. (laughs) And then one thing, I mean, immediately walking in here, this is a little intimidating. It's, I mean, amazing, but it's like, what what advice do you kind of have for somebody who, like, was, is trying to choose from your beer menu and then just, like, doesn't even know where to start? Yeah. (laughs) It's tough because it's, I'm... um, I don't want it to be intimidating, but I understand. I mean how it in it the is. best way possible. Of yeah, course. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, and I think you know we got really lucky in that. In when we opened in two thousand eight, there was the brick store indicator, mm-hmm. and then there was, and then we opened. And the brick store had already been open for twelve years. Let yeah. me be super clear: they were first, and they were leading the way. And thank goodness for them, because Atlanta <laughs> wouldn't even know what good beer is without them. But um, you know, we opened second, and then we got you know Ormsby's and the Book House and all of these bars that have opened up and done really well in their neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And so we're lucky in that we kind of get, to a certain extent, we don't get that many new people anymore. We get a lot of people who have kind of been to those local, their local beer bars and sorted out what they kind of like, what, you know, what the style is or whatnot. Um, So we get a lot more experts now than we used to, but I love people who are just trying to figure out what they like. And so (laughs) do my staff, because honestly, you know, it's, it can be tricky at first because you may not even be speaking the same language. You mm-hmm. may be, you know, you might say light and mean Pilsner, and I may say light and think like, oh, like Belgian-style wit. Yeah. Totally different kind of beers. Yeah. Um, or you might mean light as in, you know, less alcohol as opposed to, you know, like a – and I might think, oh, you know – a pilsner when you mean like, oh, like a milk stout or something like that. You know, there's so many different ways to get confused. But for the most part, I would recommend asking for help. Mm-hmm. Um, my, <laughs> I, We work really hard here to be nice. <laughs> That's one of very important to me because you never know. People walk in all the time with all kinds of different ideas on how, um, you know, how beer should taste or beer, you know, where they are in their educational level. And I want everyone to be comfortable and I want everyone to feel like they can find something that's, you know, up their alley at the Porter Beer Bar. So yeah, ask for help. And then we'll try and get you going in the right direction. My (laughs) servers always have their favorite things that they love to sell. And if you have similar tastes, then you might be, you know, in luck. And if not, they'll get you going in the right direction. So you have a very well-educated staff. I've never spoken to anyone here who didn't know their stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks. We try and hire people who like beer, that's hugely helpful in getting an educated staff. Because honestly, you know, I have tasted 99% of the beers, but I couldn't even guarantee you that there hasn't been one that slipped past me. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really hard to talk about beer if you don't like it and drink it on a regular basis because we're constantly getting in new things. And that's also what's really exciting about the market right now is that, you know, there's always something brand new that you haven't tried before. (laughs) So you got to try it. So you know about it. You can talk about it. (laughs) It's really hard work. So what beer got you into beer? What was the beer that you were like, oh yeah, I'm going to continue to drink this? Oh man, that's hard. That, that requires like, there's like whole black periods in my early twenties. Um, I mean, probably my first good beer was probably, um, 
you know, something like Duchess de Bourgogne, like a Belgian, slightly Ooh. sour, um, you know, something dark. Um, I have, my mother is the beer drinker in my family. So I always nice. thought beer was a woman's drink. I didn't realize that most people stereotypically think of it as a guy's drink. My father was in a frat in University of Michigan way back when. And so he associates beer with the smell of vomit. <laughs> and he never drank beer. <laughs> and my mother always had something like mm, honey brown or something like that Ooh. around, you know, that and her little pretzels while she cooked dinner was like her little snack. And so um, I always have been drawn towards dark beers. You know, it's one of the many reasons this place is called The Porter. Um, but um, but yeah, so I, you know, I can't, I don't know if it's specifically, I'm guessing it's one of those Belgian beers I drank at Monk's Cafe that when we go, oh, let's keep doing this. But, you know, there have been many times when, you know, money was low and I, I chose beer over food. <laughs> and those dark beers, they'll keep you going for a while. Yes. Oh, they'll fill you up. We'll go to beer events sometimes and I'm like, I have not eaten since this morning, but I am not hungry. <laughs> right. We are good. We're just going to keep on this train. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your favorite thing that you're drinking right now? Oh, man. So I have been really into um, Saison's, and I, I drink everything that I can get my hands on from Jester King, and I'm so excited that we get them now in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, from Liberator Distributing. And um, I love them. Hourglass makes some great things. Birdfly South. It's so exciting that we're getting so many um, – breweries that are making this style that are low in alcohol, sometimes a little tart, like, you know, just have a lot of different flavors going on and go so well with food. Because mostly that's when I drink, you know, I get home from work. I'm like, sweet, don't have to close the restaurant tonight. Let's make some food and let's drink a beer. And so I need something that's not going to be too in my face. Because um, I get a lot of that at work, to be honest. There's a lot of people, beer makers are really pushing the limits in terms of adjuncts and those, you know, pastry stouts and IPAs with insane different kinds of fruit in them. And so yeah. I kind of get home and I'm like, all right, let's drink a beer that tastes like just like beer. Yeah. You know? <laughs> just like, you know, maybe one fruit ingredient or something like yeah. that. Not get too crazy. So yeah, that's what I've been drinking a lot. And, you know, hopefully we get some more spring weather so <laughs> I, I can keep drinking that and not feel like I need to go back to barley wines or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll just keep drinking the patio beers until good weather actually comes. <laughs> exactly. We'll will it into existence. Exactly. <laughs> So one awesome feature of y'all's menu, um, you guys have beer pairings and food pairings. I mean, and normally when you go to restaurants, you'll see like food and wine pairings. But how do you think that like beer pairs with food? Is it easy? Is it hard? Or I think beer is easier. Um, I think wine has a lot of traits that can make it difficult, namely, you know, acidity and the fact that oh. wine is higher alcohol can make it tricky. But I think that beer um, in general makes more sense with food. I do think it gets real tricky when you get to Italian food. Mm -hmm. That is the one thing that I have trouble with. When you get that tomato sauce going, there's really nothing else that speaks to it the way red wine does. I've right. tried those Flemish reds from Belgium, and it's just not quite right. But um, <laughs> you probably have noticed that Nick does a lot of Asian food on the menu. We and love that. That's so good. One of the things that like I feel like really speaks well when you have something spicy or whatnot, and you're drinking you know, a good solid like Belgian golden or Belgian blonde, mm -hmm. you know, that it just – it's magic in your mouth. So um, <laughs> I personally think beer is easier. People, other, the wine drinkers might disagree with me, but you know, that's why we're Porter Beer Bar. Awesome. <laughs> that's great. So what is a typical work day for you like? Um, it depends. So I, I work a couple of day shifts, you know, of course, during the week while I'm, you know, quote unquote managing, I'm also knocking out all the 
you know, fun stuff like payroll and checking invoices and updating beer lists and things like that. Um, and then, you know, on the weekends, it's busier. Um, I work a couple of nights every week. And so I really enjoy that. It's one of the reasons that I don't own another restaurant is I like being present on the floor. Sometimes there is nothing more satisfying than bussing a table. You take everything, you know, that's dirty off the table. You wipe down the table. You put the silverware back. And voila, you're done. You've accomplished something. Yeah. <laughs> it's very satisfying. Because <laughs> sometimes you cannot accomplish anything. Um, And so on days like that, it feels very good just to, you know, get the little things done. Um, And I also like being um, part of the team with my staff in the trenches, knowing what they're going through. Um, That's important to me because, you know, I started as the server who like loved being the server. I didn't really want to be anything else. Like my little section was like my little restaurant and I Mm -hmm. ran it like my own little restaurant. And I think that's how you end up owning your own restaurant is you're like, well, I don't really want another boss. I just want to be the boss. So I'm just going to, you know, make the whole restaurant my section. Okay, I'll just, <laughs> yeah. I'll just run it like that. So, um, so yeah, it's incredibly fulfilling to me. And um, and yeah, so I don't I don't have a super typical day. I do. I am here most of the time, though. Well, that's, so, that's so exciting to hear because so many successful business owners, especially restaurant owners, they want to get to the point where they can take their hands off and not ever have to come in and it just kind of run itself, <laughs> its own machine. So I love hearing that. I don't think that really ever happens. Um, not if you're good, because honestly, restaurants are, you know, they're constantly evolving. They're like sharks. You're either moving forward or you're dying, um, like relationships and so many other important things in life. But um, no, I don't. Yeah. I wish those people the best of luck <laughs> <laughs> trying to get your hands off of it. That doesn't sound like fun to me. I also think that we have this crazy culture in America where it's like, you must grow and have a million or you're yes. dying. And it's like, no, you can grow within your own singular business. You don't have to open 10 locations to be a success. So what is next for Porter? What, what can we look forward to from Porter? Well, we're celebrating 10 years this year. Wonderful. Wow. Yes. So we're very excited. We have made a collaboration beer with Verzette Brewing over in Belgium. Um, and so that oh will be gosh. featured on our 10-year anniversary, which is the first uh, weekend in September after Labor Day. And um, yeah, I think, you know, just surviving 10 years is an accomplishment. Of and, course. Um, and we look forward to the next 10 years. And, um, you know, I think you can continue to see uh, more diversity in beer, us continue to try and push the envelope. We really want to be the place that not only the beginners can come to, but the experts can come to and have their minds blown. Um, and so that's, you know, you're writing, you're straddling a delicate divide there. But I think, uh, I think it's doable. And I also think that, um, you know, there's only going to be more beer, at least in the next five years, coming to Atlanta and more breweries. And so I'm very excited to see, you know, those ranks grow, especially now that the breweries can sell direct. I'm super excited to see what happens in the beer industry and to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. That's cool. Do you want to ask our fun rapid fire questions? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, what advice would you give um, yourself when you opened Porter, like looking back 10 years ago, what advice would you give yourself? It gets better. Deep breath. (laughs) Things take time. Yeah. Um, What's the coolest uh, or most fun thing that's happened on or because of the job? Oh, man. We've had some really cool people come in, um, you know, and uh, and then repeat guests, um, which is super cool when a celebrity comes back in a couple of times. That's awesome. Uh, whether Because they're filming a movie or whatnot. It means they really liked it because really they these they got their pick of places. Um, and so that was awesome. And of course, because I'm on the spot in rapid fire, I'm not going to remember anyone's name. But, <laughs> but that is that 
is really cool when when the famous people come in and we ignore them because honestly, half the time I don't recognize them without makeup on. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm like, here's your beer. Oh man, that looks really a lot like uh, you know that guy from that movie. Oh, okay, it can't be it, him. And my staff are like, it is. It's totally that guy. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> if you could have a beer with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh man. That was one of those, mm, Yeah, that's not a rapid fire question. I know. Yeah, think about those things. Um, I don't know. I guess my dad, he's passed away. He didn't get the chance to see um, me open my own restaurant, but he was incredibly supportive when I was in high school and he would travel for work. He used to bring me menus back to show me. So yeah, that's so cool. I love that. Um, Okay, next one. Uh, What advice would you give to women getting into beer? Like just starting. Oh, um, try everything. Don't let anyone put you in a box and say, this is the kind of beer that girls drink. Um, Try everything and then don't be afraid to stick with what you like. Um, You know, I've definitely had people tease me. I drink uh, whiskey a lot as well, (laughs) sometimes straight. And, you know, I've had a guy be like, you drink like lumberjack. And I'm like, dude, this is the best way to drink really expensive scotch. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Don't mess with it. Don't be dare put ice in it. So, um, yeah, drink what you like and don't, yeah, don't be afraid. (laughs) So what is your guilty pleasure TV to watch? Oh, um... So I did watch, <laughs> this is off the air now, but I did watch all of those Desperate Housewives. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, when, the, when those were back on there. Um, yeah, that was a lot of time wasted <laughs> watching those. That's, I haven't had anything more recently, uh, reality TV-wise. I do, I do turn on that hoarder show every so often. Yeah, it's so uh, good. I yeah. watch it while I'm cleaning my house. <laughs> oh, yeah, it kind of it like kind of makes me want to peel my skin off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I can't stop watching it. Yeah, it's like a car wreck. <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly. so bad. Oh, there was one where uh, this woman, she had a dude, a homeless dude living in her basement for like months and <laughs> she never knew. About it. Okay, that is officially too much stuff. <laughs> you, you have an extra human and you're not aware of it. Um, all right, last one. What color do you think you look best in? Oh, blue, but I mostly wear black. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nice. Awesome. Well, do you have any questions for us or anything else you want to mention about the porter? No, I don't think so. I think we covered all the good stuff. I know, right? I know. Yeah, yeah, um, you guys did so great. this I think this episode will be coming out June-ish. So will Porter be having any events then that people can look um, forward to? So I do know that Orpheus uh, Brewery is, uh, I think they're turning four at the very end of May. Nice. And so we are doing an event with all of their anniversary beers. So if you can't make it to their anniversary, we're kind of like having a happy birthday to Orpheus um, in early June. Nice. So people should come out for that. Just ch- check on our Facebook, Instagram, all those things that we that we put all the upcoming events on those things, social media, because awesome. we know you can't get organized enough to, you know, make plans a week in advance. So we'll tell you the day beforehand <laughs> and you can come out then. Great. Cool. Well, we've said it before and we'll say it again. If you haven't been to the Porter, you have to come. There's something for everybody. The food is delicious. The staff is so kind and, and very knowledgeable. And thank you so much for doing this with yeah, us. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. As a reminder, you can get your tickets to Dames and Dregs Beer Festival right now and be sure to check out Nappy Hour Podcast tomorrow to hear our discussion. You can keep up with all things Porter on Instagram and Facebook, including their evolving food menu and their godlike beer list at the Porter Beer Bar. And if you haven't checked out Porter Beer Bar for yourself, June 8th would be the perfect time. To celebrate Orpheus's four-year anniversary, they're hosting a tap takeover you won't want to miss. 
You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bitch Beer Podcast and on our website, www.bitchbeerpodcast.com. We will be back in two weeks with another lady of beer, and we hope you'll join us. Cheers. Cheers.